If you're not satisfied with the Trojans' 66-14 win over the weekend, then you probably can't see the forest for the trees either. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you'd like to download your podcast, we are free. I appreciate your support. You can show your appreciation, especially if you're watching on YouTube. Do me a favor. Become a subscriber. It's free. Just click that red subscribe button. When you see that thumbs up, smash it. And I don't want you to miss one episode this week, Monday through Friday. Hit that bell notification button and you're all covered. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers, you can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com forward slash Locked On to get started. Look, I don't care. It doesn't matter that the Nevada Wolfpack were overmatched and entering the game on a 10-game losing streak. I'm going to give you my instant reaction to USC's win over the weekend, 66 to 14 over Nevada. Check out the rundown. Uh, in the second segment, I'm going to give you my biggest takeaways. And then we're already starting to uh, cross that path. Is there a little bit too much depth at the wide receiver room? We'll get to that in a little bit. But first, look, the Trojans, they're 2 0. And again, Nevada, definitely overmatched, not the best team on USC's schedule this season. But USC handled them the way the number six-ranked team in the country should, right? They did it by scoring quickly and playing efficiently and effectively on defense. They're probably more efficient on offense, but there's the, the entire team is still showing room for improvement as they go into game number three. That's a good thing. They did a lot of good things, but there's still room to do more good things. Look, the, the Trojans ended their 2022 season on a two-game losing streak. We all know that. Right now, they're on a two-game winning streak. And that comes right on the heels of you know winning 66-14 to 14 over Nevada. Can't say, state that enough. Offensively, look, no one anticipated the Trojans would skip a beat um, coming into this season. In fact, they haven't. They might have even gotten better. But it, again, it was the defense that everybody was concerned about. So by the time the Trojans got done kicking San Jose State to the curb with a 56 to 28 victory, uh, there were there were still some concerns about the defense. It didn't look the way people were hoping it would look. I don't know if that maybe people were anticipating the 2008 USC defense. Maybe they were setting the bar a little bit too high. I think somebody, everybody was looking for something in the middle, not as bad as 2022, but obviously not as great. Just somewhere in the middle. I thought they were somewhere in the middle. Others, they have more pressing concerns still. Um, so again, they're there were signs of improvement. Um, they did give up 28 points. There's no doubt about that. But let's talk about this game. You know, last week, a handful of poorly executed plays 
you know, led to those 28 points and probably make, probably making the defense look worse than it actually was. One week later, there were, there were signs of improvement on defense. They only gave up two big plays. And they both led to the Wolfpack scores, but again, only two. Uh, one happened with the starters, the other with the backups in the game. So again, equal room to just, you know, to, to kind of split up the criticism. The run defense looked, I mean, significantly better. Uh, and they were going up against it. Look, again, Nevada's not great, but they had a couple of former Pac-12 running backs, Sean Dollars from Oregon, Ashton White from Berkeley, from Cal. They held they held Nevada to 49 net rushing yards. And they did this despite being down three key linebackers, Eric Gentry and Mason, uh, Mason Cobb weren't available at the start of the game. And then early in the second quarter, Curtis uh, was ejected for targeting. Rajon Davis and Shane Lee did a great, phenomenal job playing linebacker. Uh, here are the four linebackers who played in the game. I mentioned Rajon uh, Davis, Shane Lee, Taka Curtis, Chris Thompson Jr. Rajon played 60 snaps, Shane 55 snaps, Tackett 16 before he was gone, Chris Thompson Jr. 13. That's it. Now, they had some other, you know, formations out there, but those were your linebackers at play. And Chris Thompson Jr., he had the best kill shot of the day that was legal, referring to Tackett Curtis's uh, targeting. But, um, and I, I just hope the guy that he hit, and I'm, this time I'm referring to Chris Thompson Jr. on the kickoff coverage, uh, that he's okay because the, the young man came off the field pretty wobbly. Uh, as far as the defense this week, I can count on one hand how many missed tackles there were. Other, I'm sure the numbers are going to vary, but the numbers were down significantly from the week previous. Oh, by the way, the defense only allowed 12 total first downs for the game, not in the half, for the game. Um, the cornerbacks and the secondary who are consistently, you know, look, Alex Grinch's defense, those guys are put in some difficult situations uh, in his defense, but they also look better. Not great, better. Uh, there were, I mentioned, two, you know, big plays by the Nevada offense. Uh, and they, they, they both went for 70-plus yards, and they both led to their touchdowns. Uh, this is what Lincoln Riley said after the game. Because you, you can't discount those two plays. Uh, but overall, he was pleased with the performance. We have to get better. But other than that, you know, we, we played pretty clean football. He's referring to the defense. The defensive line was consistently applying pressure throughout the game. They had five sacks, eight tackles for loss, and one forced fumble that, that, uh, that a defensive lineman turned into a pick six. Uh, for one of the defense, uh, which, by the way, was the first turnover for the defense this year. Bear Alexander, he he showed why uh, everyone is really excited about uh, this season's defensive possibilities. Uh, because there was nobody on USC's roster like him last year. He really showed out well against Nevada. Uh, speaking of defensive linemen, there, uh, there was no more improved play at any one position group, then at the rush and and defensive ends, 
Remember, those two position groups do a lot of cross-training. So Roy Manning and Sean Nua have got those guys playing really well so far early on. Uh, I mentioned USC got their first turnover of the year. And Jamil Muhammad, he recorded um, one of the team's five sacks. I don't know if Solomon Bird came, uh, came out of the game. But even Corey Foreman, he's starting to look like uh, he found a spot at defensive end. And Lincoln Riley paid tribute to the uh, the fumble pick six return for a touchdown. By the way, that was uh, Stanley Taufo uh, was credited with the uh, with the score. Riley said this after the game. It was probably the major highlight of the game. When when big people score, football's more fun. That was awesome, and he's right. It was more fun watching Stanley rumble to the end zone untouched. And you know what else I saw? I saw some defensive coaching adjustments this week. There was nothing exotic being done out there. They're just letting the guys use their athleticism. Yeah, they ran the same, you know, they ran Alex Grinch's defense, but they ran it more effectively, more efficiently. They look better. On tomorrow's episode of Locked on USC, before we put this game to bed, uh, I'm going to hand out my, my grades. And I want to do that after I get a chance to watch more game film. And hopefully by then, that next episode will give you guys another 24 hours plus. Hopefully anybody who is uh, still complaining about the forest, they'll be able to see the trees uh, that are getting much better. It's time now for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like defensive lineman Stanley Taufo's pick six, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. His name is Big Stanley Taufo, and he had a defensive lineman's dream, especially when he found that football popping right into his hands, and then he found himself running into the end zone for a late score, and he was never touched by one player. Stanley's touchdown was just one of the nine touchdowns that the team put up against Nevada when they scored 66 points. But his late game score felt like the perfect nightcap. Before, during, or after the game, Athletic Brewing makes non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or you can buy them online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code LOCKEDON at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions, and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. College football season, it's here, and this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage. Every Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every single Locked On College YouTube channel, including this one. Locked On College Football Live will cover the college football uh, playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and they're going to go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked on College Football live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any Locked on College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. 
So what should everybody take away from USC's win on Saturday? Because I look, it was expected. USC did what they were. They, they beat Nevada. They turned them into roadkill. The Wolfpack, they were, they, they left tails between their legs. And USC even covered that really ginormous uh, point spread, 38 points. So what are, you know, USC's 2-0. What are the biggest takeaways? Well, you know, when the number six ranked team beats an overmatched team, you're looking for certain certain points of positivity. Um, that you know, that's what the coaching staff wants to look at on film. They want to see, well, how much better did we get? But they're also looking for where does the team need to improve for the next game. Caleb Williams said before the season, and this started way back in the spring, that he wanted to do better this year than last year, and he was referring to putting up better numbers. Last year's numbers that he put up were good enough for USC's eighth Heisman Trophy Award. So far this year, he's thrown for 597 yards and nine touchdowns, and that's through the first two games, and he hasn't played the entire game in either one. Last year at this point, he had 590 yards and six touchdowns after two games. Last year, Rice and Stanford. This year, competition a little bit better, easier with San Jose State and Nevada. I say a little bit easier because Stanford is, you know, well, they're no longer a Pac-12 team. They are this year. Next year, welcome to the ACC, Stanford. After the game, uh, the media didn't get to speak with Caleb Williams. Uh, they'll, we'll probably get to talk to him on Wednesday when we uh, when we meet the offensive players after practice. Now, Lincoln Riley did speak with the media after the game, and he still wants more from his starting quarterback. Quote. He's improving, um, but he said of his quarterback where he wants him to, uh, he's improving on where he wants him to be right now. Uh, I can't say I, I'm like disappointed with how he's played, but he's got to get better, right? End quote. It was, it was kind of a rhetorical question. Statistically, I, I don't think um, Riley's complaining, and, and I don't really think his heart um, is really in it when he says Caleb has He's got to get better, right? It's more of where can he get better? The, the word consistency has been a staple. Uh, anytime someone from the team talks, whether it's an assistant coach or, or any of the players, Lincoln Riley talks about it all the time. Um, Lincoln Riley stayed consistent following the game when he said the entire team needs to show improvement week to week. Okay, good. That's coach speak. We anticipate hearing that after every game. Get used to it. And, and even Caleb isn't immune from criticism. Quote, like I told you guys about the game last week, everybody wants to look at the score and then just write the story. And there's so much more to it than just that. There's some things that he's done really well, especially situational ball. And some understandings defensively, I think, have improved. But we've had a handful of plays in both games that we both want back and that we got to go get and not leave on the table here moving forward, end quote. One of those things that Riley, uh, Coach Riley was alluding to is, and I'm assuming, because this is my takeaway, is 
Caleb still holds on to the ball too long at times. And they they tend to result in negative plays. But that's you know kind of what you get with that competitive dog that lives inside of his chest. Other times, you know, he he might force a throw rather than just take the easy option and and moving the moving down the field. Example, remember that one-handed uh, catch from Dorian Singer down the sideline in front of Lincoln Riley? Lincoln Riley remembered it. But again, that's that's those are just one of those typical Caleb Williams types of plays uh, that we've seen before, but it, it, every time he does it, it's still just as amazing. Just as amazing. This is what Lincoln Riley said. Like I said, he remembered it. It was a good play. I was yelling at him to throw it away. Sometimes I'm mad when he doesn't listen to me. This time I was glad that he didn't listen to me, end quote. Look, this is the cross that Lincoln Riley and Trojan fans we're just going to have to bear this while dealing with Caleb Williams getting better. <laughs> I mean, what do you do with that, right? <coughs> Excuse me. Look, the offensive line, I thought, played good. Or, finger quotes, I guess well enough against uh, the lesser opponent. But they also showed signs of inconsistency. And I, I think the staff is going to remind them of that this week. That, especially with Stanford coming to town on Saturday. As far as the offensive line, there was a couple of bad snaps. Uh, there was a couple of penalties. And while they didn't really affect the outcome of the game, they did affect the outcome of at least two scoring opportunities, two scoring drives. So, again, the offense put up eight touchdowns and a field goal. That's right. Um, Dennis Lynch got into the action besides uh, doing some a few kickoffs. He also, and, and obviously every point after attempt, he uh, he connected on a 37-yard field goal. So it's not the, uh, look, I get it. It's not the 81 points against a Portland State, which is an FCS opponent. I digress. But the offense still did pretty good by putting up 59 points. Seven points gets credited to the defense. Now, there was a loss for the offensive line, um, and hopefully it won't be for too long, but um, Gino Quinones went down. Uh, he suffered what looks to be a, a lower right leg injury. I'm speculating as a holiday and doctor. It's either a knee or high ankle sprain type of thing. He wasn't able to put pressure on it when he was uh, being helped off the field. The takeaway in next week's game will... I think will provide a really good indication of who the starting five are going to be. This week, um, the starter, the, the transfers started at both guard positions compared to the previous week. I have a feeling that's going to be the case going forward. Alani Noah um, did play, but it, it took a while for him to get into the game this week. And that was with Gino Quinones being lost with it uh, to an injury. Uh, here's another offensive takeaway. Caleb Williams was almost perfect throwing the ball, and the Trojans really didn't even need him. Uh, Miller Moss also did his best Mr. Perfect impersonation uh, with some really nice throws, including the assist on Deuce Robinson's first college touchdown, which, by the way, rhetorical question, I'll look forward to your comments. What do you do 
when you see someone who is six foot six, 225 pounds, running away from the defenders with gazelle-like speed. Well, that's what happened when Miller connected with Deuce Robinson for a touchdown. And the answer is you get the spirit of Troy and Traveler ready to celebrate because that's what happened next. Uh, as I mentioned, you didn't need the USC passing game because USC could have ran the ball on every single snap of the ball offensively, and they still probably would have ended up putting up 66 points. This was, these are the rushing numbers for anybody who, who, who ran. Marshawn Lloyd, seven attempts, 76 yards, one touchdown. Uh, he had one gain of 30 yards. That's a 10.9 average. Freshman Quinton Joyner, four touches, 65 yards. He had a 147-yard run with a touchdown. Uh, Caleb Williams, three for 42. Darwin Barlow, two for 20. Do the math. 10, 10 yards per touch. Going to get it done. Austin Jones, only two touches, but 19 yards. I mean, look, those are good numbers. Nevada had no answer for USC's running game. And for those of you who think Lincoln Riley doesn't care about defense, that's fake news. When Braylon Shelby um, assisted on Stanley's touchdown score, it was just another example of the rush end position showing improvement. Jamil Muhammad, Anthony Lucas, Romello Height, and Braylon Shelby. They're making a difference this year, but so far. Uh, the takeaway is besides Romello, who was injured last year, essentially none of those guys were available to play in 2022. The rush end position was one of those spots that was addressed during the offseason. We're seeing it. Jalen Smith also noticed how excited Lincoln Riley was with that defensive score. Quote, we work so hard for those moments. I don't think anybody really understands working for turnovers and getting the ball back for the offense or scoring on defense. That's just huge. The sideline erupted for sure, especially seeing Coach Lincoln Riley jumping up and down. It was great, end quote. Here's one final takeaway. Last week, 70-plus players um, played in the game. This week, that number dropped down to 63. Of course, Gentry and, and Mason missing the game uh, skewed that number slightly. Um, but I also anticipate that number drop. It's probably going to drop another 10, 15, 20% uh, this, you know, this coming week against Stanford as well. I mentioned the linebacking uh, snap counts specifically in the, in the first segment. Check out these numbers. Everyone in uniform who plays defensive line, rush in, played. Gail Alexandra, 38 snaps. Solomon Berg, 37 snaps. Jamil, 30, uh, 33 snaps. Keon Bars, 26. Stanley, 24. Romello Height, 21. Anthony Lucas, 18. Braylon Shelby, 14. Jack Sullivan, 14. Elijah Hughes, 13. Corey Foreman, 10. Dejon Benton, 9. Kobe Pepe, 8. Devon, Devon Tompkins, 5. Sinjin Astani, five, and Sam Green, four. I'll keep those numbers. Um, I'll keep an eye on those numbers as the season goes and 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 how you know how they affect the game and you know basically the depth chart and kind of how everything's coming together. But look, I, I think those the top guys, you're starting to see where uh who's gonna see the the majority of the snaps. 
at least based on these first two games. We'll see what happens after Stanford. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers, you can bet five dollars, and you're going to go, and you're going to get back two hundred dollars back in bonus bets, and that's guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet five dollars, you're going to get one hundred dollars off NFL's Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That's kind of cool. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the point spreads to player prop bets and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com forward slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So, is there too much depth at the wide receiver position? There were signs last week at practice that USC has a lot of depth at certain positions, one of them being wide receiver, also a running back. And those are two positions that Lincoln Riley has shown he can not only develop um, quarterbacks and wide receivers for sure. Um, recruiting for those spots, it, it's it's more like you know selecting than recruiting. And, and the same could probably be said for running back, but to a definitely to a much lesser extent, uh, especially if we're considering missing out on a on you know a, a player here and there. Now, last week of practice, uh, Lincoln Riley was pressed on why uh, Trojan wide receiver athlete slash running back Rayleigh Brown was playing on the scout team offense preparing USC's defense, and this is what Lincoln Riley said. Rayleigh is a really good player, but there's a lot of really good players here. The margins are really, really thin between a lot of these guys. I would just encourage him like I would with the entire team. Everybody wants to judge you like it's going to be like this for the rest of the year after game one. For individual players, for units, for the entire team, there's a lot of good. Rayleigh's done a lot of good. He's going to be a tremendous player. These are these are the things you go through. He's going to be a tremendous player. If I start going down the names of guys, I've had play reps on the scout team. There's quite a few that are big-time trophy winners and NFL players and all that. Everybody's process is different, especially when you're making a position change. Well, when the depth chart was released the day before the Nevada game, Ray Leak's name was missing. Saturday at the game, Ray Leak was missing. On Sunday, it was announced um, in, through social media that Ray Leak is going to redshirt. And during the week, you know, the, one of the cover stories was um, Ray Leak was nursing a hamstring, a tender hammy, and that's why he was, you know, also on this scout team offense. Look, guys with hamstring issues do not run on the scout team offense. Rarely are they doing any type of contact work, period. So for my everyday viewers and listeners, if you follow me over on WeRSC.com, I said last week that this kind of feels like a lot like the Gary Bryant Jr. redshirt situation from last year. 
That is, I think everyone should basically be prepared for Rayleigh Brown to join the transfer portal. It, it just kind of has that feeling. This is just the reality of life. And if we're talking about college football specifically right now, there are always going to be players out there that might be better suited to play ahead of other really highly rated, talented football players. Last year, Gary Wyden Jr., he took the same route. The USC wide receiver room is really deep. Zachariah Branch kind of burst onto the scene in game one. We'll see if, if, if Brown's red shirt year turns out to be the same way. Um, because the wide receiver room isn't going to be any less lethal next season, uh, despite even losing a couple of guys uh, to, you know, to the NFL graduation, whatever. Uh, because guys like, don't forget, there's, there's, there's guys like Ryan Pelham and Xavier Jordan who are just going to step right into those vacated spots when they arrive with the rest of the 2024 recruiting class. So, look, this is what happens when you start building your roster back to what USC's roster should look like. Alabama has this issue. Georgia has this issue. Ohio State, Clemson, all those big-time playoff programs, they deal with this too. USC's back, baby. <clears throat> Pardon me. I'll be back with another episode of Locked on USC tomorrow. So thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen today. Make sure you do that again tomorrow as well. And then when you're done making this show your first listen every day, I need you to come on over and visit WeRSC.com. We've got more content that you know what to do with that includes recruiting stuff and a whole lot of stuff regarding USC's game against Nevada and what's coming up with the game against Stanford this Saturday. So until then, everyone, you know what to do.